Well, bless the Lord. Let's stand together and open our Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Now, if you're reading your Bible, it should be a capital S on that Spirit because it's talking about the Spirit of God. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you, do, keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Father, I just pray today that you'd begin to lay upon our hearts the names of friends and people that you want us to reach out to and be missionaries to them, to invite them to Easter services. And we pray that on Easter Sunday, many, many people would come to Christ a month from today, that their life be eternally changed. So stir us in this, we pray, Father, and anoint us. We pray for these invites, that you would anoint them, that, Father, as they are handed to people, that they would go to do their purpose, to invite people to come, and that people would come and be a part of this great day. Today, help us to examine our hearts closely and see places of ministry you'd have us to be in, and help us to examine our hearts closely and be aligned properly with you in Jesus' name. Amen. When I came home uh, from college, the only places I had lived were at college or, or with my folks, and I moved back in with my folks as I became youth pastor here, and, and it was great. I mean, it was fabulous. The bed got made every morning. Laundry got picked up every day and cleaned and put back in my room for me. Meals were prepared every day for me. Living at home was wonderful. I didn't see, had a pool in the backyard. I didn't see myself going anyplace until my dad came to me one day and said, your mom is tired of you being here. You need to get moving. <laughs> so we found a place, found a house, and, and uh, moved to this house. Now, you got to understand, I moved to this house. All I owned that was mine is I had a little 19-inch TV. That was the sum total. I mean, I did not need a moving company. I was just taking my TV in the back seat of the car and headed towards the house. And so I went out and, uh, and did what, you know, you need to do. I found, a, a, you know, a mattress and the springs and bought those for the house. And I, I bought uh, a washer and dryer for the house. To me, that was a high priority. I didn't want to go to the laundromat, so I bought that. And I bought two, get it, two bar stools to sit at my counter. And they weren't even painted. I had a friend varnish them for me. They weren't, and that was the sum total of my furniture that I owned. Now, my parents were gracious, and they gave me an old dresser that they had. And, and, and my mom and dad went out and bought me a couch for the house. And so that was my house the first night I moved in. Now, over the next year or so, what happened is... Uh, my brother, my brother-in-law and sister uh, gave me some furniture that they weren't using anymore. Some other people in the church gave me some furniture they weren't using anymore. And before long, that living room kind of filled up, that family kind of filled up with furniture. And I had, had stuff in it. Now, you got to realize I had there were modern pieces of furniture in there. There were country pieces of furniture in there. 
There, there, there were early American pieces of furniture there. I mean, it, I remember standing there one day and looking across that room and realizing there's not one thing in this room that I bought. Everything's in here. Somebody's given to me. And it was just, and I, now listen, nobody made fun of my, my house. I mean, it, it looked kind of funky, but you know, the only people that were really coming there were, were, you know, teenagers who most of them didn't even notice. As long as you fed them, they were okay. <laughs> and other young adults who their houses looked about like my house did. They were just piecing things together. And so you've got to realize when somebody, when, when somebody calls you and says, which I, I got this call many times, I don't, know, I don't know how it happened, I don't know how people heard, whether it was kids going home and telling their parents, he doesn't have anything in that house. I don't know how it happened. But I would get these calls and people would say to me, uh, I've got this chair, do you want it? Now, when you don't have a chair, you don't ask what style is it. <laughs> you don't ask what color is it. You don't ask how old is it. You go, yeah, I want a chair. I'll take a chair. And you go pick up the chair and you put it in it and it looks beautiful to you sitting in that room because that is a chair that wasn't there the day before. That's the way my house got furnished the first several years that I lived in that house. And if you walked in and you looked at it, uh, you kind of knew that's the way, the, the way that it got furnished and the way, that things, the way that things were set up in that house. So as you think about that, I want you to think about this. First of all, how many of you remember days when your house was decorated that way? Some of you remember that? Yeah. Just whatever you could get, you got. Maybe some of you, you're there right now. And I just want to tell you, it's a good place to be. It's not a bad place to be. I had a couple rooms in my house that for years didn't have any furniture in them. I'll tell you, I didn't have a backboard for our bed, for, for my bed. And then after I got married, our bed, until probably about 15 years after Renee and I got married. I mean, it was just a mattress and springs. That's what we had. That's not a bad, it's not a bad place to live. We had rooms, didn't have any furniture in them. I think the first room we actually furnished uh, completely and totally was when Jessica was born and we went out and got all the stuff she needed and it looked really nice. And we really set it up. Now, as you think about that, I, I want you to think about this. Before Christ comes into our, and his spirit comes into our lives, our spirits look like that randomly decorated house. We have a collection of emotions. We have a collection of values. We have a collection of attitudes and desires that we have picked up over the years. Some have come from our parents. Some have come from grandparents. Some have come from friends. Some have come from our cultures. Some things that we've made up all on our own. Now, I'll tell you, when Renee and I moved from our first house to our second house, there were some things in the first house that simply didn't make the cut. There were some things that we gave to other people who were moving and getting, just getting the start. There were some things that we just simply put in a garage sale and sold them. And there were some things that were so broken down that they had finished their course and they were done and we got rid of them. None of those things tried to crawl out of the moving truck 
and get back in our house. They were just pieces of furniture. But I want you to realize, the furniture in our spirit, in our spirits, don't take redecorating passively. The makeup of our spirit is living. These things grow roots in us. Our desires get connected to them. Now we invite Jesus into our lives and he comes in and he sees this eclectic makeup of our being. He sees things that we've picked up here and there and learned from this person or that person. And he sees that some of them are not nice, temporary, helpful gifts. But some of these things in our habits and our actions are harmful to us and they're harmful in our relationship to others. And when Jesus comes into our spirit, he wants to clean them out. He wants to get rid of all the old junk and he wants to redecorate his way inside of our spirits. When he comes in, he wants to redecorate. When we open up our hearts to Jesus, we have these sinful desires. What does sinful mean? Not God's way desires. Not how God would have us live desires. Doing life our own way desires. And now we invite the Spirit of God into our life. And now we have the Spirit's desires in our life. Paul writes about this in Galatians 5.17. He says, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So, so let, me, let, me, let me explain how this works. When we ask Jesus into our lives, and, and understand me, if you're going to have a right relationship with Jesus, there has to come a point in time in your life when you ask him to be the Lord of your life, where you put your faith in him to be the Savior of your soul for all eternity. There has to come that moment. Just like you had to be physically born, you have to be spiritually reborn. That moment has to come. Now, when that happens and we enter into this relationship with God, what has happened is that in that moment, as you've heard about Jesus, the Spirit of God has convicted you, communicated with your spirit enough that you know you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus, and you cross that line of faith. You say, yes, I want to be a follower of Christ. Yes, I want Jesus to be my Lord. Yes, I'm going to put my faith in him. And you pray a prayer, you ask Jesus into your life, and you begin a new life in Jesus because the Bible says that anyone who calls on his name will be saved. And a new thing happens. Now most of the time, at that moment, we sense the pleasure of God. We sense a relief from our guilt. And your minds, our minds begin to rest in God. But now... The Spirit of God moves into your life and the Spirit's desires and your desires, the way we've always lived, 
the way we've learned to decorate our homes, <laughs> they come into contact, con- conflict. This is not like two pieces of furniture that don't match sitting in a room together. We now have two opposing cultures in the room together. Let me explain that. This is, this is one person that says that all people are to be treated with honor and another culture that says men should control women and women should be subservient to men and children are of no value and you put them in the same home. Do you think there's going to be conflict? There's going to be conflict. It's one culture that uses the Bible to define sexual morality and another that says we are simply evolving animals and whatever you desire to do is fine. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt them. It's just the flesh. There's going to be conflict. This is one that says that a child in the womb is a life that deserves to be protected and another that says life does not begin until birth or sometime thereafter. Do you think there's going to be peace in that home? There's going to be conflict. That is, this is exactly what happens. When you invite Christ into your spirit, listen, you invite conflict into your spirit. The old man, the old makeup of who you are is going to run opposed to the new spirit that has moved into your life. Say, well, why in the world would I do that? Well, first of all, you do it because Jesus is Lord and he's going to judge our spirit someday. And the old way is corrupt. The second reason is because Jesus is good and his way is the right way. Not just a better way. His way is not just better. His way is the right way. And other ways are the wrong way. When I was younger, living in that house with, you know, furniture from everywhere, and I'd walk into my parents' home, I was immediately aware that what they had was better than what I had. I was under no confusion. I I was grateful for what I had. But when I walked into their home, I knew what they had was many steps above what I had. And I knew there was a difference. What I want to challenge you to do is think about the difference today. All you have to do is look at the list of the sin nature and where it leads and the nature of the Spirit of God and where it leads. All you've got to do is look at the sin nature and what it says about who we are and look at the Spirit of God nature and see what it says about who we are and you'll begin to recognize pretty quickly there's one that's far better than the others. Far better. In Galatians 5, 20, 19 through, uh, 5, 19 through 21, it says this, talking about this very thing. Just talked about this opposition. And now, now Paul writes, he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. The first three have to do with sexual morality, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. That in the world basically says all we are is animals. That's all we are. 
driven by the desires of the flesh. The next three, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do, do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we're going to go deeper into those over the next two weeks. Next two weeks, we're going to talk about this fruit of the Spirit. And then the week before Easter, we're going to talk about who is Jesus. You don't want to miss that Sunday. We're going to really talk about who he is in our life. But we're going to take some time and look at these and look at the fruit of the Spirit the next two weeks and dig a little bit deeper. But here's the one thing I want you to notice. As he lists all these things, jealousy and anger and fits of, you know, fits of rage and all this kind of stuff that he lists and drunkenness and idolatry, and he gets to the end of it, he says, and those who do such things. In other words, this is not an exhaustive list. This list There's more to it than just this. There's a lot of other things that could be decorating your house that have nothing to do with the way God would have us to to decorate our house. Now we find the way of the Spirit without Christ and how it gets decorated. And you probably don't just have one of them, you probably have several of them. We've got to deal, say, how am I going to deal with these things? How does the Spirit of God decorate the house? Galatians 5.22 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the work of the Spirit, the natural cleansing power of the Spirit, the natural redecorating of our lives of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things, there is no law. We want to dig deeper into what the, what the Bible says about joy and what the Bible says about love and what the Bible says about these things that God wants to fill our house up with. But here's how the Spirit of the Lord will decorate our house. And the first piece Always the first piece that Jesus moves into our lives is love. Because, see, if we love people, it's going to take care of a lot of the things. If we get love in the house, love is by its nature going to push some of the acts of the sin nature out of the house. It's going to force them to leave. And when love gets in the house, some of the other acts of the fruits of the Spirit is naturally going to grow and fit in the house. Because love is in the house. Love purifies us so we see with patience, we see others with patience instead of judgment. Love harnesses the tongue so that my words offer peace instead of war. Love seeks the best for others instead of being ruled by my own selfish nature. Love celebrates with others instead of envying others. Love finds life in the giving instead of life in the demanding. Love speaks the truth with wisdom. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 13. 
He says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. When we get love, when we begin to see the world through the love that God pours into our heart by his spirit, when we let his spirit of love rule in us, it begins to change the way we live and the way we see the world. So a little while back, a young man that grew up in my youth group came by to see me. Known him since he was about seventh grade, and his mom had, at this point in time when he came to see me, his mom had just recently passed away. He'd been raised in a single parent home by his mom. And he was about seventh grade, and I was a youth pastor's mom and brought him to the academy. And that's where he and I became friends. And as we talked that day after talking about his mom, he, he said, Mark, you know, we, we just never had much as a family. His dad had left and was pretty non-existent in the home. And the mom had, had never had really great paying jobs. He said, in the fall of every year, he said, Mark, in the fall of every year, she would take a part-time job on top of her regular job. She would go find some retail place, and so many times she would get up early in the morning and you know, get us off to school or get us set to go to school, and she'd fix something for dinner that night so it would be in the fridge, so all we had to do is come home and, and warm it up, he and his sister. And he said, uh, and she would, because she'd leave from one job and go straight to the other job, and he said, frankly, there were times when I really, he goes, I, I, I really resented it. She quit right after Christmas time. And he said, you know, it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized we got things for Christmas we couldn't afford. And I realized, it dawned on me, that she worked that second job for two or three months every year so we could have a Christmas. When I asked her why she did that, she told me she wanted us to have a good Christmas like the other kids had a good Christmas. And she said, that's the only way I could make it happen. That was an act of love by a mom to say, I'm going to sacrifice myself to make sure my kids who maybe don't have a lot of other things, can at least this time of year have something great. What's happened? Her heart's been redecorated. She's got the Spirit of Christ has moved in her for her family. Listen, when you see somebody whose heart's been redecorated by God, there's no law against that. It's attractive. It's good. It's a good thing. And friend, I want to challenge you today. Let the Spirit of God speak to you about these things that are on the list of the sin nature. So, oh, Pastor, I don't have any problem with orgies. Okay. I, I certainly hope not. But what about fits of anger? What about jealousy? What about dissensions? What about some of these other things that need to get pushed out of the house 
so that the Spirit of God can redecorate the house. And we can live a different life and be different because of Christ's love. What about patience coming in and joy coming in and kindness coming in? And Galatians 5, 24 says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. They've taken a look at those things that are of the sin nature and said, I want them out of my life. They're, they're dead to me now. I'm not going to have any more part of them. Crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep step with the Spirit. Let's stand together today. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here today. And Lord, I know that as we come and we accept you into our life, that you're so gracious that we're born again. Your spirit comes to rule in us. But Lord, we know that when that spirit comes, when your spirit comes to rule, Father, there, there, there becomes these things in our life that are in conflict with your spirit. Today, right now, in this moment, if there's something you want to make clear to any one of us, right now, by your Spirit, take us back in our memory to a moment, to a word, to an action this week or in our early past that, Lord, dominates our life, that today we need to come to this altar and throw it out in the trash. It needs to be out of our life. It needs to be pitched out once and for all. Father, I pray that in this moment that you would speak to us and maybe there's something in the fruit of the Spirit, love for others, peace in our life, patience, just being kind, faithful, that we need to invite into our lives to begin to redecorate our spirits. And today, Father, in these next few moments, I pray you do that miraculous work by your Spirit to do some redecorating in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Here's what we're going to do today. We're just going to open this altar. We're not going to ask anybody to just tell us what's happening in your life. But I feel like this is a very, very important time. It's an action that's really important. If, you, if you've heard this message, if, if you found yourself being drawn to something, that's, yeah, I need to get that out of my life. That's the, way, that's the way it was decorated from my past. I picked that up from... The way I was raised, I picked that up from my culture. I, I built that in myself, but it needs to go. It needs to go. I need to be done with that. I need to be, I mean, I need to be finished with it. Then I want you just to symbolically step out from wherever you're at in the next couple of minutes and just walk down to this altar to say, God, here it is. I don't want this in my life, in my home anymore. Maybe today you heard some things of the fruit of the Spirit. And you said, boy, I'd, I'd like to own that peace. <laughs> I'd like to own the joy. And I don't have it. 
I, I'd like to own that patience. Not, I'm not, I don't have it, but I'd like to get that peace in my life. I'd like to be self-controlled, and I am not. But God, I'm down here to say, your spirit will grow this in me, and I want it. This is a moment for you and God to meet. I want to challenge us. Dan leads us in the song. We just step out and come down to the salt. Whichever one is. Maybe you're laying something down. Maybe you're picking something up. But whatever it is, it's time for redecorating to happen. Come right now in Jesus' name. And we'll pray for you. As every head remains bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. You know, the first step in any of this redecorating process is to ask Christ to be the Lord of your to recognize that he died on the cross for you so that we can be cleansed, made new, have a right relationship with God. Friend, there's no way to do that except through Jesus. No way. Just standing here out in this congregation, out in this office, even or maybe around this altar, you say, Pastor, I need to ask Christ to be my Savior today. I need him to come into my life today. I'm ready to cross that line of faith and put my trust in him to follow him with all my life and all my actions. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me right now in Jesus' name. I'm looking across this main floor. See if there's anybody who raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to make that step of faith and ask Christ into my life today. Bless the Lord. I see that hand. Others today, you'll raise your hand and say, pray for me. Pray for me. Anyone else today? God bless you. He loves you. We love you. God bless you today. Anyone else this morning? Most important decision in life. Let's all pray this prayer together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. To cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I put my faith in Jesus to be my Savior. I surrender my heart to Jesus to be my Lord. Now I ask you to help me to live for him who died for me. In Jesus' name, amen. All of you around this altar, we just lift your hands to the Lord, both hands. For those of you who've come down here today and you brought something you want to leave here, you lift your hands to the Lord today say, Lord, I surrender this to you. I give this to you. I don't want it in my life anymore. It's in the garbage now. For those of you who came down here to receive something, just lift your hands and say, God, I want to redecorate my house with your fruit. I want it to grow in my life. I want to have this new touch in my life. Father, we lift our hands to you to say these things to you today. Father, sweep the old out. Sweep the, the sinful desires out. Sweep the nature of the world out. Let us see differently and let your spirit grow in us. Let us see people with love and let us walk with joy. Let us be people with patience, Father, we pray. And let all the fruit of your spirit grow in us. And when people walk into our lives, let them see a newly decorated life. Let them see a life with your fruit living in it. And let them see your glory resonating through it. Let our children see it. Let our spouses see it. 
Let our friends and neighbors see it. Let our co-workers see it. Let us be formed in the image of your Son. In Jesus' mighty matchless name. In Jesus' name. Oh, let's just worship the Lord with this song before we go.